Just quickly before we get started, if you don't have time to review your own construction contracts that you're about to sign, or you don't have the expertise, obviously you're an expert in some other area, maybe not in contracts, please go to quantumcontractsolutions.com, book in a call with our team, and we will show you how we can help you sign a better contract that has way less risk and ultimately set you up to make more profit on your construction contracts and stay in business over the long term, go to quantumcontractsolutions.com and we'll see you there. Hey, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kian Brennan. I'm the CEO of Quantum Contract Solutions. And the reason we make these videos is there's tons and tons and tons of construction subcontractors out there that are getting shafted contractually, going out of business. Construction's got the highest insolvency rate of any sector. And ultimately, we don't want you to be one of them. So if you watch this channel, watch these videos, you get any sort of value, please like and subscribe so we can help more and more construction subcontractors across the world stay in business. So a lot of the people that listen to videos and the podcast tend to be people who are in predominantly construction contractors, subcontractors, and either have kids or have had kids in the past. My daughter loves, you know, all those little vehicles and stuff she's always on, but she particularly loves her dumper, right? Loves playing with the, the dumper, which took me back to Ireland in the early 90s. My father was a big fan of getting us out there, getting us, get us working. And I was certainly no older than 13 if I was to actually wager I guess I was 11 or 12 but anyway who who, know, who knows exactly I can't I can't recall every summer my father knew the local contractor and we'd be Ricky's laborer or we'd just be doing sweeping up around the sites or whatever it happened to be um, and so I remember we built it was definitely we built a, a full cinema first everything uh, you know on, on site that the laborer would do uh, even moving scaffolding from place to place uh, another year we were building a hotel and so that was had bars and nightclubs so it was full on really really big construction but we we were young and and that first time it was definitely the cinema job we started we got down there obviously we were we were nervous about what we were going to do but also looking forward to getting that cash in hand and a bit of money and you know as as someone who was 12 or 13 years old having 50 or 100 pounds as it was in the day in ireland it's euro now but it was pounds back then was it was a huge deal you know you, you could buy yourself lots and we used to go on a holiday and that, that's what the purpose and whenever we went on this two-week holiday at the end of the summer that we had the money to be able to go and, and do what we wanted that was the general reason and also to instill good work ethic all of that sort of stuff it was great but i remember one day they came to us and they said hey guys you've ever you ever driven a dumper honestly we were still 12 13 right have you ever driven a dumper and we're like no uh no no we hadn't and he goes would you like to or are you, are you happy to and we're like yeah of course we were we were delighted to so myself and my cousin brian went and we followed this man and he goes right well look, we got one we got two dumpers but how about you guys kind of take turns on this one dumper so we got up and to be fair they're pretty easy to drive right and so we got on you know we we drove the dumper around a little bit kind of got used to it and he said like, okay right now i want you to pick all that stuff off from there um i want you to go over there fill it all up and then i want you to dump it over here and so okay right so we went over and i think it was a load of you know sand so we we did all of that and we moved it to another location but then we got pretty good at it pretty quickly i think the, the whole funny part of it turned out to be so we had gotten so confident that we were going around the site we were picking stuff up dropping it off and that was essentially our job so people would come up to us and go hey we need you to move here this thing from here to here and we're like yeah yeah no problem and this was okay right there's like a 13 year old kids on dumpers and everyone was like oh yeah those lads will sort you out it's all good all good the story is not really from me the story is was from my mother who was driving by the the site and she didn't see me she saw my cousin brian who basically she looked through the fence to see you know if they could if she could see us or what were we doing she was curious and she saw 
oh Brian on a dumper you know picking stuff up dropping it off driving kind of one-handed doing that kind of motion you know where you, you turn the wheel with one hand reversing over one shoulder and she was like he looked like a 35 year old man driving this thing going over and back that was construction in Ireland back in the 90s and I'd wager if you're you know you're listening to this in the US or Australia or wherever it happens to be that it's probably would have been the same for you guys I mean absolutely no way that you get away with anything like that the world has changed completely there's no way that a 12 or 13 year old would be laid on site in the first place regardless of what they're doing and then even if they were on site there's no way that they're going to be driving a dumper around the place so uh, absolutely fond memories but the the segue from that while that has completely changed so to have contracts in the industry and the commercial side of being a contractor a construction subcontractor is that you know back then you used to be able to rely on relationships you used to be able to uh, eyeball that guy and that's going to be you know I know he'll pay me and I'll do the job and if there's any issues we'll sit down we'll have a conversation that's how it used to be Hey, so we'll get back to the pod in two seconds. And so if you're getting some value from this or you're enjoying it and you think there's other people in the construction industry that would also, please just use your thumb, share it with them on WhatsApp or whatever uh, way that you share these type of things, Facebook, whatever it happens to be. Uh, It makes a huge difference to the podcast. It allows us to grow and impact more people. And we would really, really appreciate it. Thanks. And then from there, it moved to standard contracts. So we'll we'll have a fair contract between everybody. Everyone knows that we're going to use this particular standard contract, whatever it happens to be, or whatever country you're in, it's it's a standard contract, as in like, you know, it's it's produced, it's fair, it's reasonable on all sides. So that was the way it has been, maybe until I would say 2012, maybe a little bit earlier than that. And so what happened at that point was things changed to the point where these contracts started to get more hostile. Um, well, back then as well, you would still have that relationship. You'd have the fair contract and you'd have a relationship and try and work things out. And it changed because more and more contracts started to become amended. And this starts at the top of the food chain where the developers, oil and gas, mining, metals, those type of companies, the government, whoever's wanting to produce something, they started amending their contracts. They wanted less risk on, uh, based on advisors from you know your PwCs, your Ernest and Youngs, whoever, or, or just lawyers advisors in general. So they would give out, you know, you need to make your contracts more stringent. You need to take some of the risk out of these contracts that you're taking on, push it down the way. And so then it went to the main contractor. And so the main contractor then went, well, I'm getting this risk pushed onto me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to push it down further to the subcontractors. So now what you end up is this kind of weird dynamic that the most hostile contracts are being dealt with by construction subcontractors, which is absolutely, you know, essentially ridiculous that the worst contracts in the whole industry are being given to the companies that either don't have the resources to be able to hire a lawyer internally, and they don't have the capacity to be able to, you know, they have to tender so many times as well. They can't be doing this for every single one, or there hasn't been a way to be able to do that, um, which makes things very, very difficult for construction subcontractors. So things have changed. Like things are not, we're not, we're not driving a dumper in, in the, in the nineties anymore, dealing with handshakes, things have changed in the construction industry. All the contacts are more hostile. 
as a construction company, you need to be able to deliver on two, on two fronts. You need to be able to deliver one on the front of being able to deliver the work on site, as in like whatever your scope of work is, you want to be able to uh, go out and do that well, right? And that used to be all it used to be about. If you did a good job, you know, things used to fall where they may and you'd be able to, you know, negotiate, look, hey, look, I did a great job for you. I did all this extra work that you asked me to do and you'd have that handshake agreement. That doesn't that doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. Well, it, if it does, it's, it's in very few cases. It is is definitely the exception and it's no longer, no longer the rule. Now it's about hostile contracts. You might even have a good relationship with your main contractor or whoever you're dealing with, but the contract you've signed has probably been a hostile contract. And when the chips fall and when something bad happens, potentially that they will rely on the contract and then you're in a bad situation. So that's where we are in the industry at the moment. And the way to tackle that is to do your best to, to understand that if you've got two contractors ever working, and so I've got a story of a two contractors working, E&I contractors working on two different parts of a site. Um, one contractor was very contractually savvy, knew what they were doing. One contractor was their first time on, on, a, on a large project. The company that was the first time on the large project, they did a, you know, a really good job. They just said, we're just going to do a really good job. We're going to push through. And so they got more work. They got given more work on top of their original scope. And because they were given more work, that's it, it looked on the program that they hadn't completed their original scope. And in fact, they were given more work to do and told to prioritize that. And the other company did a fine job. This wasn't their first rodeo. They were very contractually savvy. And I guess the question to you is, who do you think did better out of that arrangement? The bottom line was the, the contractually savvy company that did an okay job delivering did better than the company that did an amazing job, but weren't uh, contractually savvy. In fact, they actually lost money on that project. And I know that because I was involved in trying to recoup some of that money for, for them and they didn't do well, which is, which, is, which is sad because they did a really good job. They concentrated on actually doing a good job. At the end of the day, they got shafted contractually and commercially. So don't let that happen to you. Make sure that you're on top of both sides, delivering your scope of work and also um, delivering your contract. That's it for today. I'll catch you in the next one.